Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From pieces of Eden, solar flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby or She Cup, and I'm super, super, super excited for our episode today. But before we get into what we're doing for this episode, I am joined here by my lovely co-host. Hey, I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. That's right. And so for today, we have our patron chat. Um, and I am super, super excited for our topic today. And um, we do have our patron, Sir Sits A Lot, is here Ooh. with us. Hello. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, we're super excited for our patron chat today. And so our topic, what we're talking about is what area, location, historical setting do you want to see next in Assassin's Creed? So before we jump into our answers, and we'll probably have time to talk about several different ones, I am going to ask Austin if he can give us just a little bit of a reminder about the historical settings and the locations of the three up coming games that we have concrete information about, which are Assassin's Creed Mirage, Assassin's Creed Red, and Assassin's Creed Jade. Right, yeah. So I'm going to start with the one we uh, know the least about, which is Assassin's Creed Red. And so Assassin's Creed Red will take place in what I'm assuming is feudal Japan. Now, what that looks like i don't know but we know that it'll likely take place during like the era of the samurai we know from a little that it would follow kind of more the shinobi path than the samurai path which makes sense since like the shinobi is all about shadow they're the ninjas of japanese culture and if you have played uh sekrio shadows die twice you know about the shinobi and all that stuff around there And so that's the setting for Assassin's Creed Red. Assassin's Creed Jade, codenamed Jade, takes place in ancient China during the uh, uh, Qing Dynasty. So that's the 3rd century BCE, which is a hundred years difference between Odyssey's time, but over in China. And so we know that for Assassin's Creed Jade. And then Assassin's Creed Mirage is taking place in Baghdad around the time, like a couple decades before the events of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. There's a lot of speculation that this game will end with Basim meeting Sigurd, um, 
but we don't know that. But just to kind of like historical placement for Mirage is that is that this is taking place in the Middle East, roughly 100 to 200 years after the founding of Islam as an official religion. And so that is Islam is founded in 610 CE. It is. It's a very interesting time in the Middle East history, a very time of change and adaptation going on there. Um, And, you know, it's kind of a, we'll probably see a lot of reference in Assassin's Creed Mirage to where we're setting up once we get to Assassin's Creed with Altair's Brotherhood, just because of the area and that the first and second crusades are just right around the corner. Whereas, you know, Altair Years takes place during the Third Crusade. So those are three upcoming games. Obviously, we know Mirage is coming out this year, which I'm super excited about. But the other two, we don't we don't have concrete dates or anything like that. So let's just jump in. Um, Sir Sits a lot. I'm going to let you go first and share your first answer. Um, since you are the patron, I'm going to give you the floor. All right. So my first choice, I have three. We'll see how how many I go through depending on you guys' answers. But uh, I think it'd be cool to do a, a Civil War, American Civil War uh, Assassin's Creed. It, obviously, that's a big part of our history. And uh, I really like the, uh, well, I thought say the American games, but there's only one, well, two, technically. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think learn learn more about that. Um, I think, I'm not exactly sure, we have... A little bit of knowledge about what happens, Assassin Templar wise, at that time. I'm not exactly sure because um, I, I mostly, I'm mostly the games, not really the comics uh, or and the books. I'm not really a uh, comics reader, although I will try to get around to those eventually. But yeah, I think the Civil War would be cool. Get to see, you know, obviously there's a lot of well-known names from that time, so. Seeing what they, mm-hmm. who's the t- who's, who in history that we know is act secretly a assassin or secretly a Templar? Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. I think it would be interesting. I mean, I think there's a tendency almost to say, "Oh, well, assassins are the good guys, Templars are the bad guys," and so assassins are they get to be aligned with the people that we've decided are the good guys throughout history. Right. But I think it would be much more interesting to see assassins and Templars either on, you know, working with both sides and subverting both sides or just kind of being on the sidelines and not really necessarily participating fully, but like working behind the scenes. Um, I think that would be a really interesting take on it instead of the traditional like, oh, the assassins are going to side with the people who want to abolish slavery. Like, right. you know, we, we've we seen that before, right? So yeah. I think it would be cool to, or even to have like um, different groups of assassins and different groups of Templars fighting each other even. And so then you kind of have two civil wars going on at the same time. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Austin looks really deep in thought, so I was just like waiting for him to right. say something. <laughs> I think I I like all of that, and I would love the idea of like getting a game like set in the Civil War, even seeing conflict within the organizations. So maybe we have a Civil War and there are no Templars at all, but there are two mm. branches of assassins that are 
at odds with each other. Yeah, that'd be cool. Though I will say that, and just in in the American Civil War, I'm just gonna say, if you're an assassin and you are fighting for the continuation of the enslavement of an entire group of people, you probably don't deserve to call yourself an assassin anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. Um, awesome. Would you like to share your idea next? I don't know if you have ideas, if you brought any. Yeah. Um, I just think it would be really cool. Um, we've kind of done the Western world. Like we've seen like the West and like the, whatever you want to call Western civilization, Europe, the Americas, Mm -hmm. all of those places, even a little bit in North Africa, I really think going to the Far East or some of these other islands, I would love, I would love, love, love to see like some of these like Guam or the Philippines, these places during their colonial periods, um, playing from that side. And like with that, I think I would also like to see India. I know there's a, there's a chronicle in India, but seeing an Indian like, India, India game, especially set during British occupation, would be really interesting for me. I see Shelby is now grimacing at me because I probably took one off her list. (laughs) You did. That's okay. I have several others. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do agree with you. I think that um, that is my number one choice because of how easy it would be to tie in a colonial um, India into the existing storyline. It just makes complete sense to me because we know in that time period that Templars have a very strong hold on the British government. Um, and it would be very easy to see a Indian order of assassins rising up. That is kind of the, the catalyst for their push for independence. I think that would be so easy. Um, but since you stole my answer, Austin, my other one that I think would be cool Um, And I'm kind of honestly surprised they didn't do this um, because Mirage, you know, is supposedly the return to Assassin's Creed one return to the early game style of game. Um, And I feel like this next idea that I'm about to present would be more of a shoe in to kind of garner that support. But I think it would be really cool to have a game that follows um, Xiao Jun, who travels from Asia to see and get trained by Ezio in the movie. I forget the name of the movie. Is it Embers? It's Embers. And then she's the protagonist of Assassin's Creed Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it would be really cool to follow more of her story. Maybe when she's traveling to meet Ezio and after she gets trained by him and whatever she does next, I feel like it would be really cool to explore um, her story in, in that part of the world. You should play Chronicles. They're fun. I will. I I will, but you know, I can't play Chronicles when I have, Valhalla and Rogue and you know other games to play so it'll be on my list eventually for sure they're also they're also rage inducing but they're also also yes (laughs) they're very rage inducing I I actually I I haven't finished any of them I thought you did no 
I I guess you rage quit too many times because <laughs> it's funny because you really don't rage quit games. Usually that's me. But I do remember watching you play these Chronicles one time. I don't remember which one it was, but you were just like, I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I was like, wow, that must have been really something for him <laughs> to rage quit a game. Well, they're, they're kind of like more stealth based than anything. And mm-hmm. uh, like if you, you know, there's like, not you can't save, so you can't save in the middle of your thing. It's you know auto save. So if you mess up like near the end where you need to be, your your score is completely ruined for the next. Or sometimes you'll accidentally hit hit the the auto save, and then you can't go back to the previous part to do it perfectly again. So then you have to restart the entire freaking mission. That's just how mm-hmm. it always goes with me. Um, I just want to say that there's only one moment in Assassin's Creed outside of Chronicles that has made me rage quit, which was it was one of the tailing missions in Assassin's Creed 2. I think it's one of the first ones you do, but you have to tail the like last of the Potsy person where you go meet the st- the Spaniard. I hate that mission. Like, I still, to this day, hate that mission. Yeah, it's rough. That's funny, because I do remember doing that mission, and I remember rage quitting and being like, Austin, I need need you to help me. I cannot get this. And you were like, oh, I hate this mission. (laughs) So, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, do we want to go through one more, or should we take... An early mid break, Austin. What do you think? Let's take the early mid break, and then we can ra- we can do that way. We don't have to worry about remembering the mid break. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I do have a tendency to forget it sometimes. All right. Makose, shoot, shoot the flying demon. You weak fool. Get a job, Christina. Who's there? Me. Oh, Ezio, I should have known. May I come in? Fine, but only for a minute. A minute is all I need. Indeed. Well, wait, uh, that came out wrong. Well, welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we talk about all the things that have to do with the lore cast and not necessarily the lore of Assassin's Creed. So the first thing is that we always thank our patrons. So Sir Sits a lot. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to all of our other patrons and anyone who's been a patron in the past. We're super thankful for you. Um, you definitely help us continue to put on the show. But if you want to join the Patreon and come on these monthly patron chat episodes, definitely sign up at the $20 tier or higher. You can find that link in the episode description on our website or on patreon.com slash AC Lorecast. Now, the next best way to support us is to um, leave ratings and reviews. We know that not everybody has the financial means to support us, but if um, so, if you don't, the next best way is to leave us a rating or a review. You can leave us um, Spotify ratings, Apple rating and review, or a Spotify comment. And I do have one today. And this one is actually a review. And this one comes from, 
I'm I'm struggling to pronounce your name, but it's like Y Y S S N N flow. So um sorry if I've mangled your name, but they said best podcast ever, five stars. Austin and Shelby, the cups cover every Assassin's Creed lore detail you can possibly find. My favorite episodes are the character deep dives. Shelby's current playthroughs add a great perspective as well. I look forward to all future episodes. Thank you so much for leaving us that review. So um, the next thing I have to talk about before our very special mid-break news is that I have finished Odyssey. We talked about it last time, but I've also now finished the Legacy of the First Blade DLC, and I have thoughts that I'm ready to share. Um, Simply put, I freaking hated it. Like, not not happy at all. Um, So the play was great. I loved meeting Darius. Um you know, it added more to the world, connected Cassandra to the assassins more. So I loved that. However, I did not love the forced romance um, at all in the game um, or in the DLC. And I know that you get to choose um, between like being with Natakis, like as a full romance or just whether you're continuing the bloodline. And so I appreciate that. However, I felt that it was very heavy handed and I felt like whenever I was choosing the bloodline options, not the romance options, he almost was like so sad. It felt like the game was guilting me. And so I was just really frustrated. I was just really frustrated by all of that because I felt like, okay, so this is a game where Ubisoft is giving us choices and allowing us to create a character a little bit more than they normally do in their games, which is fine. I don't really have a preference either way for that for Assassin's Creed specifically, but like, don't give us the choice to do that and then negate the choices that we've made in a DLC. So that I just was really frustrated by the whole thing. Those are my hot takes. I don't know if I know there are people out there who agree with me, but it just it rubbed me the wrong way. I don't want to get too much into it, but I will tell you that for me, I wasn't that upset by the choice, at least because it made sense for my Cassandra, because my Cassandra had in my first playthrough, I'd lost everyone like mm-hmm. Marini, Demos. Nicholas Stentor, all dead. Phoebe, dead. Bersidas, dead. Everyone that she cared about other than Marcos, which I didn't even know you could re-encounter later in the game at that point, um, they're all gone. And so she sees this opportunity, and I didn't mind the topics, and so it made sense for my Cassandra to go in and say, like, yeah, like, I've lost everything, at least let me continue try to build some semblance of family even if it's not maybe not fully romantic yeah i never really had an issue with it for myself just because you know i didn't think about it i guess like, i didn't really think about it till other people were getting angry i was like oh well i mean i get where they're coming from so it's not like i was completely like i can't believe they're angry but i was like oh i get it <laughs> uh, i was just gonna say i totally understand people's being upset about it. And I do think that Ubisoft's response, at least to try to alleviate some some of this, was very well handled. Um, I do think that 
it um does kind of be defeat the spirit of the game a little bit but like i said for my my individual situation it was it made sense for it to happen yeah i get that um and i guess for my cassandra the way it happened i bullshitted my way into the good ending we know this um so i had my whole family left and cassandra is pretty my cassandra is gay she's a lesbian so it was just like way out of left field for my cassandra specifically so i get that um but it i think also coming from you know my primary games whatever the games that i love the most are the dragon age games and so coming from a bioware perspective which they are you know really good about honoring player choice and not invalidating the choices that you've made even from the first game to the third game i know there are some situations where they have to but it was just a big change, a big shift um, to to think about how a, a different studio would handle, you know, your game choice a little bit differently. And I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm mad or angry at Ubisoft. It was just, I felt very, it was out of left field. Like I wasn't expecting that the game would, would take that turn. And I totally understand also the urge to have a child. That is not my issue at all. Totally get that. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts. And it wasn't, yeah, we'll just leave it at that because I could probably go on for a whole episode's worth. I think for a lot of people, just to kind of add to this last thing, is that if you've played Assassin's Creed from beginning to the end, if you've been with the series from the beginning, the decision to be like, oh, this is all about family and bloodline doesn't seem to become as jarring because you understand that the entire series has been about family and bloodline. And when it first came out, people were more mad that uh, the pyramids were built too early or too late or whatever it was. (laughs) Oh, in the ending sequence or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Guys, it's a game. Let it go. And it's alternate, alternate history. So who knows? They could have been built at a different time. Who knows? Right, exactly. And I think that's something that people forget. Like, it's not going to be a one-for-one to our history. First of all, because the Isu exists. Like, that's not our world, first of all. So they take liberties with history, and that's okay. Um, That's totally fine. I mean, you know, Cassandra probably would not have existed in the way she existed in our world during that time period. And that's fine. Like, I can put that aside and still play her, and and it'd be fun. Um, But let's move on from this topic a little bit, because Austin and I have some very, very, very exciting news to share. If you listen to our other podcast, the Dragon Age Lorecast, you will remember maybe last fall, we did a Dragon Age Lorecast community survey about some of the choices that the players of Dragon Age have made over the over the three games. Now, obviously, with Assassin's Creed, we have many more games than that, and It's not an RPG, so it's a little bit different of a survey, but we are doing a survey for the Assassin's Creed Lorecast community. And so we are really interested to know, you know, what your favorite parts of Assassin's Creed have been, which games you've played, who is your favorite protagonist, you know, who is your favorite romance, um, 
you know, all of those kinds of things, those kinds of questions. So our survey is going to launch today and it will close in one week on July 28th. So make sure you take it and we'll have an episode where we kind of break down everything, um, all of the answers. I know with the Dragon Age Lorecast survey, we definitely had thousands of responses. So we would love to see um, that many Assassin's Creed responses too, so that we can kind of get like a a good holistic picture of the community. Um, So make sure you take the survey. The survey is going to be posted in our Discord. It's going to be in this episode description. It's going to be posted on social media, on Twitter threads, all the places. Um, So definitely go and take that survey and we'll have a follow up episode pretty soon. I'm excited about it to kind of see where we as a group kind of fall with that. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited for um, the answers, especially some of the ones about the romances in Odyssey and Valhalla. I'm very intrigued. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, And I think that's all we have in our mid-break for today. So let's get back into it. Malaka! 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 Unless the legend is a lie, you are the man I long to meet. Renowned master and mentor. It's your auditory, the la la la. Franco. Uh, forgive me. I have a hard time remembering that Italian gibberish. I'll see you all at the selection ceremony, ladies. I especially hope you show up. Let me guess. He's rich. All right. So we're just going to go around kind of like if you've got a second a theme or if there's an area that you like just don't want them to visit or one that you feel like you don't let's do this we'll do if you have another one that you'd like to visit again if you have an area you'd like to revisit and an area you wouldn't want to revisit so you can go with any of those doesn't have to answer all three you can answer one you can answer none i guess i want to revisit bayek i freaking love bayek i love bayek so much he's so snarky Especially in that scene where he first meets uh, her cousin, forget what his name is, and he's like talking to him about stuff. He's like, "Oh yeah," and his face just falls. He turns around. I love, I love Bayek so much. He's so funny. I would want to revisit eighth, ninth century England again, but I want to do it from the viewpoint of the Celts, the Scots, the Picts, all these places that are not the. Uh, the Saxons or what will become basically the English. I'd want to do it, especially it would be really cool to like go over to Ireland and get that like kind of Celtic viewpoint of getting there or even like returning, returning to Britain in a little way of like when Rome first like arrives on there would be interesting to me. 
Um, one of my answers for, you know, just like an idea for historical settings is kind of tied into revisiting places. And I think it would be really cool um, to revisit the Persian Empire, whether that's like, you know, a few generations after Darius and Cassandra, whatever, um, or even before in the time of Leonidas, either would be pretty cool, in my opinion. Um, but I feel like that's something that's already established in the lore. And so it would be pretty easy to make, you know, a cool story that ties into um, the rest of the assassins later on. Yeah, I definitely get that. And I think that um, I think it'd be really cool. I know you're probably gonna roll your eyes and be like, well, I can't, why are we talking about this? But I think a world war two game would be really interesting, but I want it set in the North African campaign not the European campaign and not the Pacific campaign. Because I feel like we get a lot of media about those two campaigns, but we don't get a lot of media about the North African campaign. That was one on my list. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good answer. I just, I don't know if they're going to go that late in the timeline. We've World War One is the latest we've gone. So it's yeah. not, I think as we get closer because we're now a hundred years past World War One, which it blows my mind sometimes. And you know, we're we're closing in. I mean, I know it's like half a decade away, but we're closing in on the start a hundred years since the start of the Great Depression. And so when you think about that, doing a timeline that was a hundred years ago really isn't that recent for some of us. I don't like that. That makes me feel old. <laughs> Like really old. It also makes me laugh because it reminds me of a story from when my brother and I were kids and, um, he, you know, he was learning about the Great Depression in school. And one time at home, we were just like sitting or we were in the car. I don't remember. And he asks my mom, he just goes, were you alive during the Great Depression? <laughs> and I thought my mom was going to lose it. It was so funny. Um, but I do, I do feel that another thing that I think would be cool. Um, and I guess maybe I should ask or, you know, clarify first, but I haven't played syndicate yet. So I don't know if there's anything that ties into this. Um, but I think it would be cool to maybe visit the Russian revolution, which is around the time of world war one and does have some connections to, um, England since, you know, the British Royal family is, was related to the Russian Royals. So, um, I feel like that could be something interesting. And if I'm, if I'm not misremembering, is there not a Chronicles set in Russia? Yes, there is. I don't know. And I think it does take place during the revolution. Yeah, I was going to ask what was the time period on that. But yeah. It's also the game that takes this the furthest to our time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did have one honorable mention I wanted to put. The California Gold Rush, I think, would be really cool. Like, you know what else is gold? Apples of Eden. <laughs> no, I really do think that, like, that would be a really interesting thing because the only game that we get, really, that's set in a time of quote-unquote peace is Syndicate. And even Syndicate, the American Civil War is going on. And so it would be really interesting to be set in a time frame of quote-unquote 
peaks. I mean, even in the 20s of our time where like, quote unquote, I know there's a lot of tensions rising in Europe or whatever, but quote unquote, the world is in kind of this stalemate of like building to World War II. And so. Yeah, that one kind of just popped off in in my head while we were talking. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, the gold rush. That sounds so cool. Yeah, I love that idea. Um, It would be super awesome just to to follow. I think another American setting that when we think about historic America, we don't think about the West Coast. We think about the East Coast and the colonies. So I think that would be something Mm -hmm. cool, too. Kind of like a uh, I don't know if you but kind of like a Red Dead Redemption Redemption style assassin's creed game cowboy assassins yeehaw yeah that would be awesome i'm so down for that i also (laughs) think this is this is one we haven't mentioned at all an area of the world we haven't mentioned at all i would love to see maybe an odyssey style setting of the ancient mayans the ancient incans Mm -hmm. one of those civilizations in central and south america or potentially um, like a Mexican ranch kind of setting where you can kind of go between um, the Mexico countryside and like Mexico City during the 1800s. That would be super cool, in my opinion. I also think it would be really interesting in dealing with that, like instead of like modern day setting of, you know, 2000, like of 2023 or 2024 if we got a modern day setting of like apartheid South Africa in the 80s and like we're dealing with like eight like very high pro low prototypes of the animus and that's something that we're dealing with but we have something that goes back to like maybe further in African history or something like that but like we have snippets of modern day story of the assassins work in South Africa during apartheid and all of that. That would be really cool. Yeah. I like that idea. That would be interesting, especially since I don't know if y'all saw the news today about Mirage, but three of the main developers did a ask me anything kind of session with the, um, our, mm-hmm. the Reddit assassins creed community. And, somebody asked about the modern day storyline in Mirage and I I'm just speaking off the cuff. I'm not, I didn't do the research into like what exactly they said, but basically they said something to the effect of like they, there is a modern day storyline in Mirage, but it's like at the beginning and the end of the game, it's not going to be interspersed throughout the game, like in the middle. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Somebody is kind of like a bookend type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is odd to me. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it works. That's kind of how Unity and Syndicate were. Like you had interspersed of like interruptions, but the main like points of your like conflict happened at the beginning and the end of the game. I don't know who it, who it was, but they also talked about people were complaining about the the whole the mirage, the whole going to different people, and they're like, "Oh, well, the animus just can't keep up with how fast fast it is." <laughs> and I, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that necessarily but i mean it looks cool and it looks like it's fun so i don't care <laughs> oh the yeah. teleport chain assassination yeah. or whatever it was oh i i don't care about that um, i mean it makes sense cool. for cassandra it makes sense for cassandra because she has the spear and it's like god mode pretty much 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is our first time playing as a true sage. True. But we don't know. Basim, is Basim a sage at this point in the timeline? I guess we don't know, right? Yes. Yes, he's born. Okay. You are born a sage. It is not something that like happens to you later. Sage. No, you are okay. born a sage. We need to do a sage episode because clearly I am uninformed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you're born a sage, um, but then it can like manifest later. Become more. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it's sense. something that you're born with and it's something that you always struggle with, but there's a point where there has to be a point where you either decide like either you find harmony with the other voice in yours or you go insane. Gotcha. And I might be I might um, be wrong, but I think Aida and you know Odin and them, they're different types of sages, I feel like. Yes. Because I yes, think there's there is... for for Odin and stuff, there's only one. And they can only come back once, I believe. And that's, Aida obviously comes I've back. Heard. Yeah. Because they're in like this is we cover this, they're using different methods of becoming a sage. Right. Because the uh mead or it's called the seventh method of salvation is different than what they used when they experimented on Aida. But I have heard that they only get to come back once, but I have not done the research into where it says that. Yeah, I think one of them, like, becomes, like, comes out, I guess I would say it, uh, like, way earlier than the rest of them, because, you know, the ones mm-hmm. in, I think that's in comics or something. But, um, I was also going to mention before we end, um, they also confirmed on the live stream that there's not going to be the um, in parkour, the back or side ejects, which people on the internet are very, very upset about. I personally do not care at all about parkour. Like it, whatever they do, I don't care. Um, I'm not good at the old style. I'm not great at the new style either. So really it doesn't make any difference to me. Um, I'm sure play it. I'm just ready to play it. I'm yes, ready. me too. I'm trying. I know Austin Austin gets first dibs on playing it since we only have one console, but I am just trying to get to Valhalla and finish that before it comes out. So I'm not like completely spoiled for that game. But um, we are close to time for today. So before we wrap it up, do you, um, Sir Sitzelot, would you like to plug any streams or anything you have going on for our listeners? Yeah, I got uh, I got two things. Uh, I stream on Twitch uh, at Sir Sitzelot00, uh, Monday through Wednesday, 1 uh, p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. And also I have a YouTube channel, an Assassin's Creed YouTube channel called the assassin's creed chronology project which i am putting all the games in chronological order uh i have a a guy i've watched a long time uh, called everglow who did it with uh kingdom hearts and uh i i love it so uh i'm working on it. i have two episodes out i'm i'm very slow in getting them out because i have to plan you know plan how i'm gonna go through the missions and stuff but uh it's a lot of fun I and I I get to work on my editing chops. So awesome! I I think I follow or one of our accounts follows y'all on Twitter or maybe YouTube. One of one of the somethings, and so I didn't know that was you. So that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that's it for our episode today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you to all of our patrons and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at AC Lorecast. If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. Find us on patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Mikola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.